to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. guys are loving what you're hearing on the show i would really appreciate it if you slid over to itunes dropped a five-star rating a written review and just let me know what you are loving about the show what you want to hear more of any and all feedback is always welcome these rating and reviews really really help organically get the show into more ears and more souls across the world so if you have already done that i really 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 appreciate it but either way i'm super grateful that you're here So before we get into today's show, I want to just give you guys an update that we have one week left before my fiance and I, our fourth book club begins. So this book club, we are doing He and She, two books, but they're short books, by Robert Johnson. He is a Jungian analyst. He's a scholar, really, really um, new type of selection for our book club. These two books are basically taking two myths, so the grail myth and unpacking masculine psychology, and the myth of Psyche and Eros to unpack feminine psychology. So if you are interested in the depth psychological space, the Jungian world, or if you're just interested in joining a community of like-minded individuals that have super deep rich conversations once a month you can head to the link in the show notes and check that out it is pay what you want so this is a way for rick and i to give back and make this super affordable for people who want to be surrounded in a community and you get to choose the price based on what your budget is i would love to see you there and we start next week you don't have to have anything read by next week it's just an orientation call and we're really looking forward to it so we will see you there so diving into today's show please have grace for me i'm coming off two days on zoom immersed in depth psychology and archetypal psychology this is my residential weekend and no I don't record these podcasts way in advance I just kind of go with what's circling in psyche and I hadn't recorded Sunday's podcast so here I am after two days on zoom being inundated with with psyche and I wanted to record a podcast that was a reflection of of what I've learned over the past couple days. So grace in that process because I think it's always hard to communicate these mysterious experiences of psyche and try to put them into words. So the fact that so many of you out there are listening or interested, I'm, I'm like, love that. I'm like so excited by that. So today I'm going to unpack the statement that often pops up, you know, in passing or in personal development books, the statement, it is what it is, and how truly paradoxical that statement can actually be. Because on one end of the spectrum, 
if we look at that, it is what it is. I think the attempt there is saying accept the situation because you cannot change the situation. But I think that on the other end of the spectrum, that statement is really invalidating for the mysterious forces underneath that are orchestrating what is to try to get your attention. And so I wanted to really just explore this today on the podcast, just navigating that paradoxical space of active acceptance of what is and like relativizing our position to control, but also not stopping there. We want to kind of lift up and ask questions and see through what is and ask like what is happening? What gods are working through this situation at this time? What myth or greater story is trying to unfold in this experience of what is because if we just accept what is it can be really invalidating to our suffering it feels almost incomplete and if we start to pull that back and look under that and kind of circle around it we can start to see how acceptance of what is isn't just a passive acceptance it's this active participation with psyche to try to understand and interact with the greater myth that's unfolding from this experience and I think something that I have really taken away from this weekend in particular so far is how in archetypal psychology literalism is is really the enemy to the archetype because the archetypal experience is is very dynamic and it's ever-changing and it's going to affect It's going to have a similar pattern, but it's going to affect people in very different ways based on the way that their personal myth is unfolding. And if we literalize what's happening to us, what can happen is we turn that archetypal experience into this static, stereotypical experience of a situation. And that leaves us kind of stuck. Our our feet are in the mud of suffering without anything around us to help us navigate the greater experience of all of what's happening. So he says on page 144, when we neglect the image for the idea, then archetypal psychology can become a stereotypical psychology. Then the precise detail of an experience, just as it is, is replaced by a general idea of it. If we just stop at it is what it is, now we just kind of have this surface level idea that we have to accept what is being presented to us. But in archetypal psychology, really, I think it's the kind of seeing through to like what is the experience that's working through me, what emotions, what fantasies what ideas are circling around the experience of what is. It just isn't what it is. It, there's more than that there. I think it is through these, these wider perspectives that we can see the way that this experience of what is falls into the greater, greater scheme of our life's myth. On page 
149 of this book, Revisioning Psychology. He quotes Norman Brown by saying, The thing to be abolished is literalism, the worship of false images. Truth is always found in poetic form, not literal, but symbolic, hiding or veiled, light and darkness. The alternative to literalism is mystery. Now, mystery is not a class of events different from literal events, but is those same literal events just regarded differently? Literalism prevents mystery by narrowing the ambiguity into one definition. It hardens the heart, preventing deeper penetration of the imagination. I think that is so incredibly important. The example that came up for me as I was thinking about doing this podcast was an example of betrayal. You know, on one end of the spectrum, you could say it is what it is. Like someone betrayed me and I need to accept this and move on. But I think that there's more to that. I think that can be really invalidating to the soul that's trying, that perhaps orchestrated you being in a relationship that was moving towards betrayal so that it could wake you up and show you something greater that has a, that has a purpose in your life's unfolding. And I think that if we take this example of betrayal and we don't just accept the betrayal, but we ask the question, what and who is happening in this betrayal? So for example, betrayal, Hillman talks about in his Cynics and Puer book about any experience of betrayal is, is a widening of consciousness of a part of you that was maybe stuck in a very naive psychological space. So we were shaken out of our naivety through the betrayal coming to consciousness. And so it's not just accepting the betrayal for what it is. It's seeing that there's a greater theme that's unfolding underneath the experience of betrayal. And then we could also ask, you know, like what different images were working in that relational container. An example that I have is an experience that I've kind of worked through in in navigating betrayal for myself is this image of the demon lover. There is this internalized masculine figure in psyche that was so repressed and hidden so far from consciousness that when the relationship started to kind of unfold, now this, instead of me projecting a god of perfection onto this person, now this person is, the image of this person has changed and he's become the devil and the demon, but like we're so enticed by it because there's still this kind of numinous god energy around our partner. And so it's like we have to ask like what's happening in that dynamic and i think it's when we take these very potent psychic images and we literalize them then that's when we get caught projecting our expectations of that god onto our partners and we can't see the human experience for what it is so it's almost as if we have to see through and beyond and underneath 
the experience itself to actually get to the place where we can truly accept the fact that it is what it is with the depth of meaning that is necessary for a widening of consciousness. So the paradox is is that we, it is what it is because we aren't gods that can manipulate our reality. You know, Jung has this really powerful statement, you know, when, when we think that we have our complexes, our complexes have us. So that coming to grips with we aren't the sole creators of our reality, that there is a greater psychic unfolding and orchestration that's, that's working behind the scenes. So like on one end, we do have to accept what is. But then also there's another side of that paradoxical statement where that's not the end-all be-all. We can't just take that literally and try to move on without seeing the deeper wisdom that is encased in that experience of what is and so I think it it is just asking questions what we talked about in my residential was moving from this literal space to a metaphorical space and, and asking what is this about and what is really happening here something my professor said that really was profound to me is is exploring the whatness of what is, isn't an attempt to be objective. It's an attempt to understand the experience of the thing that has happened and is happening. And so we have to turn to the experience and let it tell us what it is. And that's where we start to really transform the way that we interact and we can see the symbolic unfolding of our experiences and we don't just stop and say oh I had this fantasy of punching somebody in the face so that must mean that I have unprocessed anger within me there's more of a story there than that it's like we have to see what is held in that emotion itself what is that emotion trying to communicate what is happening in that experience where is that fantasy taking us what is that trying to tell us about the mystery of our soul and i think that that's where we can really get into trouble when we start to demonize the things that are we we don't have a capacity to to see beyond and see through it and so that's i think saying it is what it is is somewhat of a protection from going into the mystery and a protection from the deeper exploration of what the soul is trying to communicate because you know something that Hillman is is pretty adamant about saying is you know if we look at the Greek pantheon the gods aren't necessarily concerned with us being happy and so we need to look at our experiences filtered through that lens as well because Our situations aren't just moving us towards a greater happiness. It's, I think, trying to put us in greater relationship with the mysteries of our soul. And sometimes that requires a lot of death and suffering. And there isn't happiness in it. But in that, if we can take a perspective of the metaphorical and the symbolic, we can find meaning in that. And we can find 
what enters when we when we explore to the depths and find meaning is that a sense of aliveness returns we don't feel so deadened by the experiences of life and what is and i think that's about all i want to say on the paradox of what is i think i'm just kind of circling around this paradox which is exactly how the soul likes to move in circles and just slowly weaving patterns so the last thing that i wanted to share with you guys is that the early bird waitlist for my next cohort of born to heal starting in january 2022 is now open this is my 12-week signature group program for women who are really looking to explore the mysteries of their human experience connecting a deeper depth to their unconscious territories bringing them to consciousness and being in greater relationship to the mysteries that lie within them it's a 12-week course that you can use for a lifetime there's nervous system work emotional work work understanding complexes understanding ego understanding relational blueprints boundaries compassion forgiveness and it's all filtered through kind of the way that I'm exploring what I did in the podcast today is that we have to try to understand the deeper patterns of what is unfolding in your life so it's definitely not a reductionistic type of course where it's going to give you the answers to this is why I am the way that I am it's really opening a realm of soul and for you to take steps to walk closer and to be in greater relationship and have a greater capacity for you to to feel closer to the greater mysteries that are working within you and so if you are interested in that you can find more information for the course and all of the details and the application to get on the wait list if you go to the show notes and I would love to see you there this is such a rich community it's my eighth cohort that I'll be running through Born to Heal so I'm super 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 excited for that with that being said I will talk to you guys on Thursday bye guys